This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Uncommon Christian Podcast. This is Michael with you for episode 53. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we are kicking off a three-part new series that we're calling Setbacks, all right? Now, you can go look this up in a def- dictionary or online or, like me, put it in your text message thread and then hit look up because that's how I f- figure out what words look like. But uh, a setback is defined as, in its simplest terms as a reverse of progress, reversal of progress, okay? And you know, just as I know, what a setback is. I mean, we've seen them and we've experienced them in our own lives, like your life was headed in one direction and then one day something happened and all the progress that you had made comes to a screeching halt, Uh, whether it was in your marriage or in your parenting or uh, maybe it's your education if you're a college student or in your career. Um, We've all experienced setbacks in our life to the point that it's become, you know, basically commonplace to accept it and expect it. And we won't always be able to avoid them. Uh, So the question that we're asking in this series, we're asking three questions. How do we grieve what once was? So how do we grieve uh, what we lost in that setback? How do we find gratitude for what is? So what are the ways that we have seen God be faithful during or in the midst of the setback? And how do we pursue what is to come? So what are the next things? What 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 areas should we be looking at and pursuing uh, that God would want us to do in this uh, next season? So what I'm doing is I'm sitting down with uh, three close friends who've all, uh, like myself, have experienced setbacks and, uh, and particularly our ministry careers. And so uh, I am excited for today's episode. Uh, we have a returning guest, and we'll have another two uh, for the series, but uh, Pastor Landon Crouch is joining the show today. Landon was a guest on the podcast during our Intentional Worship series, so you can go back and hear him in episode 15. But Landon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here again. So good to have you back. Uh, Why don't you remind us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and why you do it? Well, you just told everybody my name's Landon. I am a (laughs) uh, a Arkansas transplant to California. Woo pig. Woo pig. Had to get it in there. (laughs) Had to get it in there. (laughs) Well, I have the honor. I get to lead worship at High Desert Church in Victorville, California. It's in the the Southern California desert. Yes, it is. Out where it's real hot right now. So that's a lot of fun. But man, I do, I do it because I I love Jesus. I love his His word. And I love seeing people connect with the, the truth of God's word through song. Uh, I think there's just something really powerful about songs and how they trigger our emotions, our brain to, to remember truth. And so it's an honor to get to sing uh, the truth of God's word over people every single weekend, and so that's what that's what I do, and it's it's uh, been one of the the great uh, honors of my life up to this point for sure. The last ten years doing that, yeah, man. And I know you're gonna hate this. Landon hates when I brag on him, but uh, I've worked with some incredible worship pastors. I've been friends with some incredible worship pastors. Um, know of some incredible worship pastors. None better than Landon Crouch for sure. Well, that's high. High on my list. High praise. (laughs) High praise. (laughs) Well, Landon, we're going to jump right on in in this series. Uh, We're talking about setbacks. And, you know, we have people who listen who are 
all sorts of stages of life, you know, some pastors, some, uh, you know, moms at home, dads who work in the uh, marketplace all over. So we're talking about career setbacks and specifically our ministries. And you experienced a short setback in your ministry career a few years ago. Would you be just willing to kind of walk us through, maybe just tell us kind of how that all got there? Sure. So I've been in uh, full-time ministry now. Uh, for full-time vocational ministry. Let's just clarify it. Clarify. For, uh, yeah, about eight, nine years, eight, nine years. Um, and so I was on staff at a church in in uh, central Arkansas for about 13 months. Um, this was August 2018 through September 2019. So 13 months. And honestly, things were really, the way I would explain it now, just in short, things were really, really good until they weren't. <laughs> Until they were all, all of the sudden, it wasn't it wasn't good. Uh, things you know, for, so for the most part that we were there, we we loved being there. We were getting comfortable with the people. We were uh, just doing ministry and staying busy and enjoying our time on that staff. And we bought a house. We planned on staying, and uh, yeah, could not have imagined how it ultimately ended. But um, right about. Toward the end, maybe the last couple months, uh, just leadership. Uh, I guess I guess you could say things just started to get a little bit more tense, a little okay. bit more awkward. <laughs> hmm. On and what would you attribute that to? There was a lot of a lot of changes, uh, and just different directions that they wanted to go in the future that were probably um, not what I had pictured in the first place when I when I first got there. Uh, a lot of a lot of vision that was going forward that seemed to be. It, it's not not that I was against it. It just seemed to be working against me fitting into yeah. the culture. That's how I worked. Right. I mean, yeah. the vision was was great. I was excited about it. It just ultimately leaded you know led me to uh, just having some. I don't know. Just it, it, things just weren't as smooth as they were in right. the beginning. Right. So. Maybe it was just one of those things that as we got to know each other more, we realized that maybe we were on different pages in, mm. in our, our ministry. So yeah, that was that was really the thing. But kind of what happened was there was there was an issue that came up that um, toward the end that um, a decision that someone that someone made that made me as well as some of my team members feel a little uneasy yeah. and. Uh, so some of my team members, naturally, they came to me with their concerns. And rather than totally shutting down their concerns, I was a little bit concerned about it myself. <laughs> so then I went to a, a couple leaders to try to, to figure out how to wrestle through that and ultimately found out that I was in a very different ministry philosophy and right. uh, was kind of faced with that head on very quickly. Right. Okay. So let, let, let's just kind of pause there real quick because I want to make sure our listeners, you know, get the gist of kind of what's happening here. So a decision's made about something, and several people on your worship team witness this decision and they have some concerns about it. Okay. So they do what we would probably, what any pastor would instruct them to do they go to the person who is their like immediate supervisor or director or leader of the ministry, right? They don't go gossiping about it. They come to the right person. That's you, right? 
That's correct. Okay. So then you hear their concern, and 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 in some sense, you actually share their concern. You you agree that their concern is, in your opinion, legitimate. Correct. I I heard them out, investigated, and then ultimately came to the decision that I agreed with their concerns. Correct. Now, then you proceeded to do the next right thing, which we would encourage you, is you go to your uh, supervisor, director, boss, whatever, and you say you express the concern that was shared with you and that you also felt this very same concern as well, too, correct? That's correct. So in this whole process, I just want to make sure everybody understands, Landon didn't do anything wrong. There was nothing wrong about, you know, you didn't go gossip. You didn't let them go gossip. Uh, you actually heard out their concerns, which you were supposed to do as leaders and pastors. And then you uh, went to your boss as who's your leader and pastor. And you sat down and said, hey, here's something that I'd love your help working through. Yeah. All right. I, you can. T- I, w- I mean, I would say, let me just just to go back. I'm not going to sit here and say that everything was right. No, 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 no. There were definitely I'm just some. That, I mean, there there were definitely. I don't know. Looking back, there's always something else you can do. But at the sure. time, I do feel like I tried to handle this the best that I knew at that moment. I'm not going to say that I made all the right steps, but I don't think I made a ton of wrong steps in that process. Right. So, you know, some of it was young leadership, and some of it was uh, just yeah, it was an issue that needed to be discussed from a yeah. staff level. So. Okay, so you approach your your boss, kind of explain what's going on. What 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 happens next? Well, it, you know, ultimately it was it was something that I discovered that people didn't really feel like was a big deal um, above me, and so I kind of had to do my own personal investigation to figure out like, is this a big deal to me? Right. Because if it's not a big deal to them, then it's it's not going to change. Right. So, Correct. so for me personally, I've got to discover, is that something I can get over or is that something that I need to wrestle with? Is this a hill worth dying on? That's, that's the truth. <laughs> that's the <laughs> statement. That is the statement. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I did, you know, I, I just kind of let it, let it go for a week or so and um, kind of did some of my own investigation. And ultimately I decided, um, this bothered me, but I'm not going to leave based on this decision. Um, and so what happened next was essentially after about 10 days or so, I was asked to remove somebody from my team over this issue. Oh, okay. So therefore that was the moment where I said, well, I don't know if I can do that. Because personally, I'm actually, I kind of agree with her. Right. And so that, yeah, that's kind of. And this was a volunteer. Yes, it was a volunteer. Okay. So that's where things went sideways. Uh, It looked like we were going to kind of just move on and move past it. And things were going to be awkward for a few weeks, but we were going to get through it. Um, But then when I was asked to, yeah, to do that, that was where I, I had to draw the line. I'm like, okay. I can't do, I can't speak with conviction over something that actually bothers me too. Right. So that was a, just an internal thing that I had to deal with. Yeah. I mean, how, like, 
I can only imagine as you're kind of hearing this um, order or decree being told to you, you're like, but how can I tell this person that they're no longer on my team? They can't volunteer with us anymore. When I also myself feel in some sims the same way as, as this person does. Like, that's, Yeah, that's where I was. And I could not speak to this person with conviction about something that I didn't, I didn't feel. Right. And so it either needed to come from somebody else or I had to be honest about how I was feeling. So, okay. So, so you make the decision, you can't do this without at least having some more further conversations. Mm -hmm. So what happens after that? I got a text message. (laughs) Um, Don't you love those text messages? We need to have a meeting tomorrow. Um, I think it was at 11 o'clock. And I was like, okay. And so it was, you know, uh, let's just say the people that were in the meeting, I, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you immediately go, hmm, okay. I am definitely lower in the authority than all of the other people in this meeting. Yeah. I don't think this feels like a good sign. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've walked through those meetings. You're like, "Mm, okay. So based on who's in here, this is not going to be a pleasant meeting. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I knew it was probably not going to be good. So, you know, had that, that much of a hunch. And so, yeah, I thought, you know, I kind of thought maybe there was a chance that we were going to hash it all out and, you know, have an opportunity to really, um, openly discuss the issue at hand. Um, but instead it was, it was, it kind of ended up being more of a, you know, you either need to get on board with this or you need to leave. And so that was the decision that was basically presented with. And so ultimately, okay. So you get in this meeting, you guys talk for a bit or a little or a lot. And basically it comes down to the, you're given an option. Either you accept what it is and you move forward and do what they've told you to do, or you literally resign from your job. And all the while, or I actually, want, to be honest, I had a thought that I might get fired or that you might but get that fired. Was in, that was in my head. That was, the, the, you know, something that my wife and I talked about. Gotcha. I'm going to get fired. Things are going to change, or I might be forced to make a decision. Right. And at this time, as you just mentioned, you have your wife, you have two kids, just bought a house 13 months ago. We actually bought that house in April and this was September. So, oh man, we were five months in our home. Yeah. Okay. All right. Finish, finish out this part of the story. Yeah. So, um, you know, I went home that night and we had a lot of discussion, you know, you, you just, the writing was kind of on the wall. I had some, I had a hunch of how things would go, uh, what this was really going to be a, about. Kind of asking myself, is this is this a hill worth dying on, or you know, what is it? And so, just had a lot of time to really think and really study and determine, like, is this really how I feel, or do I need to really reconsider? You know, because obviously I'm in the minority right now. Like, right uh, in this environment. I was not, you know, I was one of the only ones that felt this way. So I was in the minority and I really had to think and decide some sort of a game plan, you know, going to this meeting. I want to make sure I show up to the meeting prepared with answers for 
for why I feel the way that I do for, you know, just to be able to really discuss it openly. Um, you know, but there was really three options on the table for my wife and I, and it was either one, I would get fired, which is not, you know, that just is what it is. And you move on. Right. Two, um, nothing would really change, but they wouldn't fire me. And so I would have to make the decision to change or leave. Right. Or three, you know, there would be an open discussion. We would move forward. They would agree with me. We would get things right and we would move on. Or at least find a compromise. Yeah. Something. So, you know, that basically how the meeting went and it was option B. Option B. We want you to change your mind on this. And what, you know, they did not fire me, but. I had to make the decision to move forward or to leave Gotcha. on the spot, man, there was no discussion. <laughs> <laughs> you were just quick to the draw. I, yeah, I turned in my credit card and my, um, keys, uh, before I walked out of the office. So that was, so the, you, the thought. yeah, it's, I mean, you, a week ago, you're thinking, okay, this is probably just going to blow under the under the rug or whatever the saying is there. Anyone that's been on church staff, you know that there, there are moments. There are difficult meetings. There are difficult decisions that need to be made. There are, you know, different philosophies in, in staff structure, in how things come about. I mean, there's, there's things, there's been things like this at every stop. Uh, it's just that this one was so particular that it was like, it, it just wasn't something, you know, I, I thought it might blow over, but when it got to that, that day, I was like, okay, so I don't want to paint the wrong picture that there's like, you know, always something that you need to think about. But, right. But in this particular moment, I really felt compromised. Right. Uh, I just, I couldn't shake what was going on and it just, led to a lot of conversation and a lot of thought. So for a full week, I was really, I was really stuck on this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying right. to decide like how I really should feel. Like it was hard to, it was hard to right. move through. So. Right. And I want to make sure our listeners know, like we're not talking about, you know, issues of morality or, you know, the leadership was doing anything illegal or unbiblical in some sense. This would probably be what you would, and Landon, you can correct me if you think differently, but I'd consider this like a tertiary. It's a matter of ministry philosophy. That's correct. You know, I mean, I definitely, if you, let's just say, if you wanted to really dig into it and I'm, and I'm trying to be vague because I don't right. want to, I don't want to stir anything up or tell too much right. of the details, but um, you know, this is a particular issue that, that has been an issue at other churches Yep. In the last few years, and it's been on, you know, some of the ministry news sites, and it's something that has been a topic of conversation. And to be quite honest with you, there are different camps. Yep. Some people feel this way, and some people feel another way. And ultimately, what I had to decide to do was look at the pastors and the church leaders that I felt like 20 years from now, that's who I want to be more like. <laughs> Right. You know, do I want to be more like this camp or do I want to be more like this camp? And that is, 
it's hard. Like you don't want to, I mean, I don't want to be all wrapped up in camps, but at the same time I was working at this church. And so I had to decide like, you know, this, that particular thing was just not something that I wanted to be a part of. Right. As a regular practice. Right. And, and, you know, I think you would agree too as well, Landon, that there are a lot of things that churches um, do that we all, um, you know, we all have to, we all have to figure out where we are and what like some practices. Right. And, then we have to decide, okay, if I don't, if I'm not for this, you know, where does this fit in the level of, as a, again, a hill? Is this a hill worth dying on? Or is this just a hill that, you know, we're just, it's okay to just agree to disagree, but we can still work together. I can still serve under the authority, right? There are a lot of things that churches do. And I would say that you were, you decided that in this, this was a hill for you that seemed, because of the, I think the stipulation that was put on it that you were going to have to release a volunteer. I think this made it become a hill worth dying on. That's that was really the the issue because I had already resolved that I was going to move on, right? But when it came to this, is something not that I have to get past, but now that I have to own and defend, that was something that was harder for me to do because you know it wasn't it wasn't something that I did. It was something that I had to. You know, I was expected right. to bring down the hammer, I guess, in a sense, right. on something that I didn't really side with. And so that was a hard thing to do. Um, right. It just was something that I had to really think about. Right. So, okay. So you turn in your credit card, you give your keys over, um, you hop in your car, like, just tell it, just, just walk us through for a second. What is going through your mind right now? It was a lot. I mean, there was a little bit of a, I can't believe this, you know? And then I also know the other side was thinking, I can't believe this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was just awkward. Um, You know, I walked out of the office and only a handful of the staff members knew, you know, so I had to, they told me, you know, we want you to go home for the day. We're going to discuss some things. We're going to, get in touch with you and come up with a further plan, you know? So I go and get in my car and I called my wife. She knew I was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was probably one thirty in the afternoon. It was a two hour meeting. You know, I was, I was starving, but I go get in my car and called up my wife and told her that, um, I think the first thing I said, I said, well, I don't have a job anymore. Isn't that like the worst feeling to have to tell your wife? Yeah. I don't ever yeah. want to have to do that again. No, I, it's terrible. Unless it's I win terrible. the lottery, then it would be a yes. discussion. Then that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, that's, that's what I said. And it was like, I, I don't remember if I talked to her all the way home or just kind of was like, I need a minute and I'll yeah. fill you in when we get home. Or I was like, I'm on my way home. And I have nothing on the schedule. So, yeah. So I, I, I came home and yeah, it was a, it was a tough afternoon, you know, I had to call some people and call my, call my dad and my, my in-laws and just process this. Like yeah. what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be jarring. You know, you walked into the, I mean, even, even though you knew you were getting ready to go into that meeting 
and the thought of being fired is on your mind. Like, in some ways, I can imagine that, like, you're thinking these are like DEFCON 1 decisions that we're not at yet. So, in some ways, like, yes, I could be fired or I could quit, but we're probably going to work this out, right? Right. And I, but I'll put it like, that's what I wanted. Like, I wanted to work it out. I wanted to, you know, be able to walk through this whole situation and, and be heard a little bit. And yet, even if I needed to change, like, okay, like, let's work this out. Um, I remember asking the question, like, you know, they're like, so are you going to leave or, 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 and I said, you know, is that my only option? Like, Mm. I want like I'm, I'm over here looking for more options. Like, how can we right. work through this and help me grow if that's what needs to happen? Um, but you know, there was just things that happened in that two hours that I had to. I don't know. I just felt like I had to do what I did, and right. I mean, it was the right choice. You know. Right. Right. So. Okay. So hindsight's 2020 so there's a couple questions i want to ask you about as you are able to look back before we finish the story um what what were you able when you look back on that moment and the maybe some of the preceding moments after that what what did you grieve about all of that it was just the fact that we had only been there for a year it felt like you know we believed a year prior wholeheartedly that God had called us there. Right. That, um, we moved, <laughs> you know, we moved there. Like this yeah. was not like across town. This was a, a move across the, the state a little bit to a new community. And then, you know, one year later we were kind of really asking the question, like, did we, did we misunderstand? Like, God, I thought you, you know, you were working this out. Like, I don't, I don't understand. So the grieving was a lot of just confusion of why did we have to go through that? Like what, right. Why does it end this way? Like, did I do something wrong? You know, I felt very like, I wasn't sure for a little while, like, did I do the right thing? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I can't understand this, you know, cause obviously I feel differently than my, than my pastors. Right. So I, I was really questioned like, who, did I do something wrong? Like, and it was just very lonely. Um, but I, I, I do remember we, it's funny. We were talking about this the other day, uh, that night it was a Wednesday. So it was a midweek ministry in the fall. We did a lot of men's ministry, women's ministry, student ministry, all at the same time. Um, so I was, it was supposed to be a busy night. Like mm. I was supposed to be a men's ministry. She was, my wife was supposed to be a women's ministry. The kids were going, to, we were all going to church. We, it was going to be a chaotic night. Okay. And, uh, you know, so two 30 in the afternoon, we're going, we don't have, what do we do? Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we drove to downtown Little Rock to a place called Hertz donut. Look it up. Okay. Hertz, Hertz donut. donut. And we drowned our feelings in sugar for, mm. <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> You know, finish off a tough day with a donut for dinner. Always good. You know, just helps a little bit. So that's something that we did, you know, but and we laugh about it now because it's so hard. Like your kids have no idea. Yeah. And I think we were just kind of grieving the fact that like their life is about to change again. 
Yeah. And it's not their fault. Yep. And oh man. It just, it hurts, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So you're grieving the fact that you just moved. <clears throat> you're grieving the fact that now your kid's life gets, your kid's life gets uprooted again. You're grieving the fact that, you know, for th- almost 13 months, you had been making ministry progress, relationships, planning routes, you and your wife, you're, you're engaged in ministry. And then all of a sudden it's, it literally one day you're getting ready to prep for a night full of ministry. And the next you're at a donut shop yep. drowning your sorrows. And it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like we had an announcement to make to the world that, Hey, we're going to be moving to this new job and God's, right. you know, it wasn't like that. It was like, I, it felt very secretive. It felt very like, you know, I remember I had a friend call me that night, just giving me a hard time. Like, oh, you're skipping church tonight, huh? <laughs> and, and you know, like, uh, yeah. What do you say to that? You know, yeah. I was like, actually, you're probably not going to see me there anymore. So <laughs> just all of those moments of awkwardness, it just yeah. adds to the level of hurt. Like, yeah. You know, it wasn't like we had exciting news. Right. <laughs> okay. So if you could, going off strip here, if you could maybe put yourself in your wife's shoes, how do you think she grieved some of this? I, th- I mean, I think a lot of the, it's just a lot of the same way. And I, she didn't, she didn't go to work every day like I did. Um, she was taking care of those kiddos, but I think she knew immediately that she had a lot of weight on her back because you know, she was a stay-at-home mom, and I was making the income. Right. And so there was a moment of we might both be going to get jobs now mm. <laughs> to to make you know make up what we just lost. Um, there's a lot of discussion about that, or even like you know the whole idea that we just bought a house five months prior, and right, what do we do with that? Like, right are we packing up? Like what, you know, what's going to happen next? Just the amounts of unknowns were just stacking up. Yeah. And that's a, you know, there's always some unknowns to life. There was a lot in that moment. Absolutely. And I can also probably imagine too, something you're not mentioning or thinking, or maybe you didn't mention on purpose, but I can also imagine too, that, you know, she's, she's your wife. And our wives are like our biggest defenders and champions. And, you know, I bet, I bet it was killing her to maybe not be able to like defend you, you know, be like, like Landon, isn't this guy that just quits something. Like if people only knew, you know, what had ha- why he walked away from this or why, whatever the church said, said, yeah. you know, I mean, there, was, there was pieces of it that were um, embarrassing. Like yeah. I know that, um, a week after this happened, this is just like only God, I guess, to just humble me in some way. But <laughs> a week after this happened, we had our 10-year uh, high school reunion. Oh, man. And my wife was class president, so she organized it. So it's not like oh. we're just like, you know what, we're not going to come now. It's like yeah, she planned the thing. So we show up, people are like, what have you been up to? I'm like, well, I'm jobless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is the worst. Like, this is the time where you're supposed to be sit- telling people about your success and, like, man, right. like, get the wife and kids. We just bought a house. We're like, we're enjoying our life. Literally everything is up in the air. Yeah. 
how are things going for you? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. that was, that's kind of funny looking back on it now. Um, but yeah, just interesting, yeah. interesting times, man. Okay. So looking back, you grieved. What were maybe some things you can look back now and, and just be like, man, God really showed, showed himself faithful, uh, just in the in-between, you know? Well, when we, um, I left on the 4th of September. And so at the time we were getting paid every 1st and 15th. So I had just gotten my check on the 1st. I don't remember how all the pay cycles worked, but right. I was, I remember that, I mean, for 24 hours, I didn't know, like, am I going to get a paycheck for the 1st through the 4th or am I going to, how's this going to work? Right. Like, cause we got nothing. <laughs> right. I had a, you know, we had a few hundred dollars in a savings account and that's, mm. that's where we were. Um, so the next day, you know, I went to get my stuff and had a final, you know, official resignation meeting or whatever, you know, I found exit out, interview as they call it, found out I was going to be getting, you know, a month of severance. So that was not a ton, but yet at the same time, a relief Right. To go, okay, I got a month. That's, that's 30 days. That's good. Um, so that was, so that was on September 5th. You know, we determined that day we have enough money now to make it to October 15th. Okay. And we need answers. Yep. So in the meantime, you know, like we're going to start, you know, trying to find a new job, whether that's long-term temporary local wherever. I don't know. Like, so (laughs) I started that process of, you know, I had called a couple of my pastor friends, you know, somebody that uh, I used to work for that we were on really good terms and he really felt for me, you know, and kind of helped me walk through that a little bit. And then, you know, the church that I grew up in, my parents' church now, I called, you know, my pastor there and kind of talked through it and just, uh, you know, it was tough, tough conversations, but, but really, really good. But, uh, you know, also letting them know like, Hey, I've got a totally free schedule. I'm available. <laughs> yeah. <you> need anything. <laughs> and so <laughs> my, my, the pastor that I had worked for, uh, the f- first church that I worked at, he, uh, he said, well, actually, you know, I've actually got a weekend that I'm going to be gone and coming up that I haven't been able to get somebody just yet. And so he put me on the schedule to come in and, and, and preach. So, so, you know, I went there, I actually had the opportunity to come out to HDC because that it was at that time that you and I had gotten connected and uh, I had the opportunity to come out to HDC and lead worship as a guest. Um, the day that, uh, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. The day that I preached at my old church was October the 6th and we were literally, we left church and we're on our way to lunch and my dad calls me and his church, which is where I grew up. He, they said, Hey, we want you to come preach here next Sunday. Nice. So I'm like on my way to lunch after church and they had paid me a little bit and I yeah. go to lunch and you know, I've got next weekend. So nice. It, it was things like that and uh, that just kind of kept stacking up. And so quickly, you know, 
October 15th of when we needed answers, we had made enough money to turn to November 15th. It's kind of extended by a month. Yeah. So it was just kind of this slow process of like, I don't know the final step, but I know the next step. So just take it one step at a time. And, you know, I do remember the day that that week that we had, um, that I had resigned. I told my wife, I said, I think we're about to find out for the first time, really, if God is really our provider or not. Mm, We've always wow. said, you always say that, you know, God is our provider. What's the Lord's prayer? Give us today our daily bread. Mm. How many of us have truly prayed that? And we're talking about food. <laughs> right. Like, right. Give me today what I need. Right. Like, like I know, I know tomorrow is not guaranteed. I know tomorrow's not promised, but Lord, can you just provide what I need today? Yep. And a, it's, it's worrisome, but I think, you know, that was a, it was a new experience with the Lord's prayer for sure. Oh man, it changes <laughs> just, your perspective. Just on say it, right? like, you know, cause to be honest with you, I, I think ev- just about every step of my life, I mean, there's always been food right in the pantry. I mean, that's, this is a, I mean, I come from a, a blessed family. Like we're, we're very, very blessed, but at the same time, it's like that that's part of, you know, our American culture is very like, we don't often are, we're not often put in a position to pray for our daily needs. Right. It's just right. not as normal here. Yeah, I agree. So there was a moment of, you know, you start looking around and counting like, Hey, could we sell this? Could we, could we do this? Could we <laughs> right. realize like, dang, we've had it really, really good, <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah. so it kind of gives you a, a better eye for what's around you, that whole thing. But yeah, I, I loved landing this line. You didn't know what your final step, but you knew your next step. And I just think, you know, myself, anybody, any believer, like, when we experience setbacks, the first thing we try to go to is, okay, what's the end game? What's the end game? What do I need to do to get back to normalcy, right? And, I, I, and I'm sure you felt that way too, but I love that like the way that God showed faithful was to basically help you be like, okay, you know what? I, I, at this point, I can think about the end game, but that can't be my chief concern. Actually, I need to just think about what's the next step? What's the next thing I got to do, right? Uh, what's how, how much, one week at a time, how much can I extend my family's uh, current situation to the next week and to the next week? What do I got to do next? And that, I think that's actually such a good perspective because it requires us to wholeheartedly rely on, you know, Jehovah Jireh, that God will provide. I'd never truly been faced with that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that, you know, we've always made a lot of money. I mean, we, we're in ministry. It's not normal. Right. But right. But there's always been regular income. Right. We, Absolutely. We went to work and we got paid. And all of a sudden, there's a date on when the paychecks are going to run out. That's right. And so it was like, oh, boy. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. But, you know, there was also opportunity to extend that. And so right. it was just a calm down, take a breath, uh, really evaluate what's happening right now. Right. And, you know, we came out of a season of just sprinting, 
I mean, ministry was just happening. It was exhausting and it was kind of nice to just breathe for a second and say, God, right. I can't make it all happen. I need you to work here. And, uh, yeah, yeah he did. I'll, you know, I'll never forget that. So, man. Okay. So our last question that we're asking in this series is, you know, what, uh, what, how do we pursue what's, what's to come? What's next? So, uh, finish your story. Tell us what comes next. How'd you, you know, how'd you come about what you're doing now? Well, that's interesting. God already had it in the works, uh, before, <laughs> believe it or not, you know, the, the guy who's above it all. So that was sarcasm. Yeah. He's got, got it. it worked out. Um, so you were at HTC in a campus lead position at the time, and you had actually reached out to me five months before all this happened. That's right. Uh, about, you know, a possibility of, you know, looking into this job that you guys had. And I initially said, no, I was happy where I was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I looked into it a little bit, but but ultimately that was my answer. And um, Plus so, it was... You're in Arkansas. You, how do you say Arkansas? Arkansasan, right? And I'm asking you, hey, would you consider a job in California, right? People from Arkansas don't really move to California. It's usually the other way around, actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, it was you know something we kind of laughed about for a week or so, but then just moved on. I didn't tell anybody. Didn't even mention it. But. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then this day comes and I'm sitting in Starbucks updating my resumes. Mm. Going, uh, I have a teaching license. I could be a teacher. I have this, ex- you know, who knows? Maybe I could work at FedEx or something. I don't know. Right. Like just anything is on the table and I'm updating a professional resume, ministry resume, teaching resume. Like <laughs> what could I do next? And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, that that guy reached out to me so i go because it was on facebook facebook so I go to my facebook yeah. messages and i go way back and i find you know our messages and i think i just said something like hey have you guys still have you found anybody yet because if not i'm open to talk yep some i think as some circumstances have changed i'm open to talk yep and you were like what <laughs> oh man I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Gosh. So I, it was just, you know, I think you called me that night and we talked for, I don't know. Two hours. Two hours. Two hours, Landon. Let me read you the message, okay? Because you um, you had reached out to me and uh, actually, here's what's funny. I reached out to you. At, I was telling you about the role and uh, you you politely declined it and said, Hey, I'll keep my eyes out. And I think it was in that moment when you said that, that I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy, he would be awesome. I mean, who does that? Who says, Hey, no, I'm not interested in role. And I don't know you very well, but like, I'll, I'll help you if I can, like, if somebody comes across, you know, you know, I, I just don't think people do that as often. And so then on April 15th, okay. Uh, you actually check in with me. I don't know if you know, if you remember that, but you check in and say, Hey, I was just checking in again, see how the process is going. And I told you that, you know, we had, we had put, uh, we, we had put together, uh, we were doing a new meeting about the, the candidacy. And, um, 
that was uh, that was it. Like you didn't reply back to that message. And so obviously I didn't hear from you. And then on September 9th, you send me a message. You say, hey, were you guys able to uh, hire that worship pastor spot? And I said, hey, Landon, no, we're still searching, thinking that you were just checking in on me again. And he, here's your message, okay? You said, gotcha. I really don't know if I'd be interested or not at this point, which was like very like honest, like, wow. I mean, this you don't have a job and you're like, hey, I don't know if I'd be interested at this point, but I just stepped away from my uh, worship pastor position. Uh, not what I want to do ultimately, but it's where I am at this point. And so I say, whoa, what happened, right? And you, basically you told me you'd be happy to share. Um, and then you kind of give me the short version. And I literally said, hey, I completely understand. I'm available to talk now or later around the time. Because at the time, I think I told you, we were literally getting ready to go into a meeting to decide, okay, the candidates we had gotten just weren't working out. Like, do we need to reimagine this position? Do we need to just pull somebody from another campus? I mean, there were so many options on the table. And I just remember walking into the office that day just saying, you know, Lord, like, I really think we need somebody who's a pastor first and then, you know, can happen to sing really well and lead people. Um, But if that's that's not what you want, Lord. That's what you told me on the phone. That's right. I I had been talking to you for a while and I was in my kitchen and I had you on speakerphone because the kids were already in bed. I think it was later in the evening. Yeah, it was later. Yeah. For you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We were at central time. You're over here. But, uh, so I'm in my kitchen and I think you said that phrase We're I, I just said, okay, you know where I am and right. you know what I've just been through in the last week. I'm emotionally fragile, but pitch it to me. Yeah. Tell me what you're looking for and let me just listen and then sit in it. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. so I said, just tell me what it is. Cause I can't take a chance again right. on something that I don't know. And so you said, yeah, really. Ultimately, we're looking for someone who's a pastor first, who just happens to be a worship leader. And I looked at my wife and she was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving to California, baby! <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had this, you know, this smile on my face and she's just like, this is not the last conversation. Like, oh, it, it was... It was, you know, this is five days after I resigned. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now, but something's starting. You know, and I think, and I got off that phone call and I'm like, man, I know we just bought this house. I know we're not going to make our money back or whatever. But if all I got to do is just bite the bullet and move one more time to get where I need to be, then I'm willing. Yeah, It just needs to be the right fit. And we need to be convinced of that. And so... That's where it all started. Yeah. I remember, um, I just remember getting off the phone with you. I mean, we were on the phone for two hours. And I, the house that we were living at at the time um, had like this huge front room. Um, it wasn't a big house, but it had this huge front room. And I was sitting in there laying on the floor. Actually, I wasn't sitting. I was laying on the carpet and my wife walked in and she's like, who, you know, she mouths, who are you talking to? And I just kind of put a finger up. Like, I'll tell you in just a second, you're not going to believe this. Like I give her the eye, like she knows my eye looks and I give her the eye, like, you're not going to believe this. And, uh, so after I get off the phone, I'm just kind of laying there and I just go, I just remember saying, Lord, you are crazy. 
That's what I just said. Lord, you were crazy. Because it, it literally felt like... Now, I obviously didn't know if it was all going to work out, if it was going to turn out the way it was. But a lot of hoops to jump through from there. There was a lot of hoop to jump through through there. Uh, but I just felt like in that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think the Lord has... An- like, he's answered my prayers before, but it, it was just so evident in that moment. And uh, my wife walks in the room and I go... And I tell her, I was like, Lana Crouch called me or messaged me today. She's like, isn't that the guy you really, really wanted? And I said, yes. And we're months later, you know, from all this. And uh, full circle, there it was. Six months. Six months. That was it. Man. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a crazy time. I mean, yeah, the whole season. It's, just, it's hard to even look back on it now and go, just, wow. Yeah. But when did you cool. know? Yeah, when did you know that this was next for you? Like, like, so you go through, you know, you actually come back out a uh, second time to lead worship. Your your bride, beautiful wife, comes out with you, and you guys get to ride in my Camaro, and she's in the back seat. And Arkansas lost to Texas A and M that day. I I felt so bad. I was like, oh, he's gonna hate it now. This is bad luck. Arkansas you know, lost back. a lot of games that year, so don't <laughs> worry about true. that. That's true. You you uh. Well, what happened was, given my situation, that I I was in a vulnerable position. I was a little bit, you know, hurt yeah. that month. But yet God was doing things. I was very cautious because, like, you I, were. Don't, I don't want to um, just sell myself on the next thing Yeah, when I just – walked through what I went through. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I want to be open to whatever God is doing. And you had, you had offered me the opportunity to come out to HCC as a guest. Yep. And you said, we're going to pay for your flight. We're going to put you in a hotel. We're going to take care of you and you can bring your wife. Yep. That's right. <laughs> and this is not even an, I mean, it's this is not an interview. It's not an interview. I mean, it kind of is, but it's not. Right. And if you don't want to apply for the job when you get home, you don't have to. Correct. We need a worship leader next this weekend anyway. Why don't? Why not let it be you? Come meet us. Come see it, and we'll go from there. Yep. And I'm sitting there like, okay, what? Hmm. What's the what's the issue with this? So right. You know, we're gonna spend one weekend. We're going to come lead worship. We're going to meet everybody and decide if we even want to move forward and have a lot of opportunities to ask really pointed questions. Right. You did. That's and right. so it was almost like there's nothing to lose because right. even if this is just a weekend thing where I get a little bit of money to put away, then God's using it to get right. through the season. And you're not out anything because all of it was taken care of for right. you. Or if this is an open door to something brand new, then we need to explore it. So there was right. literally no reason to say no. And so that's what we did. We came out and yeah. Right. Well, I want to quickly uh, um, just really quick give a shout out to, because it's not just me. I don't want the listeners to think that I was the 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 all inspire behind this. But, you know, George Beardsley, you know, Kurt Thielen, Tom Mercer, uh, those three guys really gave, empowered me uh, and empowered our church to really be as generous as we could. And I, I, I'm so grateful for those guys. Those, as you know as well, those three guys are are just really great men, uh, leaders Working of the church. For, them and, for the last two and a half years, and there's not many better. 
That's right. I love those guys. And they they all kind of saw we I showed them videos and I think they began to see what I saw, what I saw. They started to catch on like, man, this is a guy who's who wants to pastor people and he just happens to do it through music. He's not like an artist trying to make a name for himself. Like he's actually trying to uh really pastor people and music is just kind of the gifting that God has given him. And uh I just so I just want to make sure our listeners understand that that you know that those three guys are really the 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 behind the scenes wizard of Oz of all of this good part. Yep, they're they're awesome. I see them every day now, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay, so I also I don't know. Um, I one of the things you talked about uh, frequently throughout this is a, after the story is you know you were in like in this vulnerable state. You know, so it could be the, it could have been very easy for you to like put up your walls and and that that typically happens when we have a setback, whether, you know, you're listening to this, whether you're a, a, a stay at home mom and, and your kids do something and, and man, you're just really upset about it and you react badly or you, you know, lose your temper at work or, you know, you get a bad grade on an exam in your school or a project that you were leading at work goes terribly wrong. And obviously you have to face up whatever the setback is. Once you have it, it can be very easy for you to um put your walls up because now you're like in this very, as you mentioned, vulnerable state, like, you know, and so you're coming out to HCC. What are you thinking? What are you trying to figure out very quickly to maybe help you keep those walls down? It's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That that first experience with, with HTC really was just meeting meeting the leaders. I wasn't as focused on the environment or the team or, and, and, you know, had a great time with them. That just wasn't, that wasn't the main focus of the trip was just to know, like, are these leaders, uh, people that I can trust? Because I think I'd asked you, I took a chance and I moved to a new church and in one year it went crumbling sideways for me. I can this cannot happen 1500 miles away from my home. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so if I, if I take this chance, this is a bigger chance. Right. And you know, like help me understand why that would not happen. Like yeah. you as a leader or the church leaders, like how would they handle helping me grow through tough seasons, you know, right. rather than, Ah, you're just not the right fit anymore. Right. You got to go. Like, so it was, you know, and that happens. There's a lot of, you got a series right now that happens. So yeah, that happens. Absolutely. So, you know, that was really my main concern was just making sure that this was an environment that really cared for its staff and yeah. not, you know, it wasn't all about uh, flash or this or, you know, so like even like, yeah, it's a big stage. It's a big room the production was top notch. Like I very much enjoyed the experience. That wasn't the heart. Right. That wasn't the heartbeat of it. That was just a byproduct. Right. HDC does things at an incredible level, but the heartbeat is to love people to the gospel first. And so that was very much what I felt that weekend. And I was like, okay, yeah, there is an excellence to it. That's a lot of fun. Right. But that's not the main thing. You know, I feel like I'm going to be taken care of here. Yeah. My, yeah. They're going to love my family. And 
And even talking to people who, you know, go here, they're just like, this church, 20 years, 25 years has just been this for my family. And they've gone through season after season, different approaches of ministry. But as Tom always says, the main thing has always been the main thing. thing, The main thing. That's right. It's about the gospel. It's about the truth. And so that was, I felt that from, from the moment I got here. Yeah, I remember, and this is the last thing, and then I'll, I'll give you the last word, but um, I remember, you know, because of your the way you were feeling, the vulnerability, I had to shift my own personal mindset was like, okay, I'm not trying to, I don't know if I should necessarily try to convince this guy that this is the right place, this is the place he needs to be at. I need to make sure he feels like this can be an option, that he can look at this place and feel psychologically safe to come here that his wife can feel like, okay, even if difficult conversations happen, even if, if me as a boss has to have a hard conversation that you're not going to feel like there's an ultimatum coming or, or see you later. You know, I remember, I don't know if uh, your wife told you this, but we were in the parking lot. Was it the day before you left? Um, We were in the parking lot and I said to her, you know, I said, there's nothing else that I need convinced of about Landon except is he healing? Because if he's not healing, it'd be terrible to bring you guys this far out uh, because you'll fall apart. And that'll be, you know, I'll feel so guilty about that. And she said to me, he's healing and he's doing really well. And it didn't feel like wife speak. It felt honest. And I was sold. I was like, yeah, we got to get this guy here then. And, you know, the rest is history, as they say. So you're confirming her argument that she is the reason why I got the job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, Jessica, if you're listening, for you two are and the and for why three years. That's been a regular. Remember why we got here, Landon. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're right. People uh, only love you more. <laughs> no, we love you both. No, um, okay, Landon. So, last word. Any quick wisdom uh, you want to share with our listeners who might be, you know, dealing with a setback themselves? I appreciate this question because I actually just had the opportunity recently in the last few months to kind of talk to a young guy going mm-hmm. through it himself. And he's, you know, he felt like, man, I just, everything just fell apart. Everything that was heading in the right direction just fell apart. And, you know, and I had the opportunity to kind of give him some thoughts like, I've been where you are. Trust me, it did not right. fall apart. It's stacking up in your favor. You just don't realize it yet. Right. <laughs> you hadn't seen the whole picture yet. But, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Tom, he's our pastor emeritus now, I guess. Yes. Is that, yes. Is that his title? So That's his title. He was our senior pastor for 38 years. He just transitioned, but he's come back to, he's preached a couple of times. And he was preaching last Sunday on Psalm 28. And he mentioned that the season of life that we are struggling with right now is not a book. It's just a chapter. Mm, that's so good. And just recognizing that there's more to the story. And I was just reflecting like, so for one, to that person, I would say, it's not over. Like, I had to look in the mirror and say, bro, you're 28. <laughs> like, at the time that I, you know, in 2019, I'm like, I'm 28. This this hurts. This is hard. But this is not the end. Like, there's, I've got a lot left in me. And, uh. You know, I had I had to convince myself of that some days, but you know, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in writing our own story 
that we forget that our story already has an author. Mm. Like I was thinking about Hebrews 12. I was reading this earlier today, but Hebrews 12, one through three, you know, the whole point, let us throw everything off that hinders the sin that easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance. You don't need perseverance if things aren't difficult. That's right. (laughs) Run with perseverance. The race marked out for you, fixing your eyes on Jesus. So author, not about vector. your career. It's not about, you know, your bank account. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the author mm. of our faith. Yep. And so, and just this whole passage, I mean, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Right. And, you know, pastor, pastor Todd, our new senior pastor has talked to us a little bit about, um, you know, this is common ideas, totally different discussion for another day, but the idea of deconstruction and just, just how we process things, you know, these types of hurts are often what leads to that. And so it comes down to when you walk through a tough season in your life, how are you putting the pieces back together? Are you trying to figure it all out away from right. Christ or are you running to him? Right. And so we're supposed to fix our eyes on Jesus as we are walking through this season, you're not going to have everything figured out, but first and foremost, you were called to be a follower of Christ. Yep. Absolutely. If I'm selling homes. I'm a follower of Christ. That's right. Homes. If I'm a pastor, I'm a follower of Christ who happens to pastor people. <laughs> Correct. If I'm whatever. I'm a follower of Christ too. So, I, and that's the thing is it, it, sometimes it's our pride, but yeah, it felt like, you know, I had this big job and like people celebrated with me when I got the job and I moved there and they helped me move and they were proud of me. And, and then, and then it was gone. Yeah. So you're like, what do you got left? Well, I have my family and I have a calling. Right. Absolutely. And so I'm going to love my family and I'm going to live my calling Mm. and whatever happens, I'm going to be good with it because that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. So, that's how I would encourage somebody. Man, but so good, Landon. Not to mention how many times in these last three years that that one year has played a role. Mm. So in in whatever I'm in a decision I'm making or in an approach that I take, it, it's shaped me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's one of the most quoted and one of the most misunderstood uh, verses in the Bible, but uh, it seems like Romans eight twenty eight right has played in every setback I've ever had in my life, and every setback you've had in your life, you've seen it come full circle. That God has used those setbacks to help you uh, encourage somebody, to help you walk with someone who's walking through maybe a similar setback. Uh, you know, and gosh, every time that happens, uh, this happened to me actually a couple weeks ago, and I just remember thinking, man, God works all this out for the good. Yep. Oh, okay. This makes sense. Right. It wasn't necessarily it all makes sense good. Now. Right. I don't want to do it again. No, of course but not. Given the outcome that I've experienced the last three years, and I have to say, I think I'd be willing to. Yeah. As much as, you know, like it, it leads to good things. And I don't, yep. so it's just, life is hard. You get knocked down sometimes, but um, it, it pushed me closer to Jesus. It, it shaped me as a leader. It, like it made me a better man. It made me a better father, better husband. And yep. Really started believing certain scriptures that 
to a greater degree bef- than right. I did before. And so all of Absolutely. that. Well, Landon, thank you so much for joining the the podcast episode today. So appreciate it, brother. Love you, man, and uh, love your wife and your kids and uh, just the ministry that I uh, got to share with you for a short time. Uh, man, I, I couldn't be more grateful for you. Well, I'm grateful for you. Wouldn't be here without you, so. No, not not only me. That's true. Other you people, too. You can't just brag on me. I got to brag on you. This is the Michael Hinton Podcast. And I'm here because of you. Uh, I appreciate that, brother. Well, thank you, Landon, so much. And I want to thank you for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and review uh, on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get it, uh, because it'll help the show reach more people. Um, And it's not about fame or popularity. You guys know what I say. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.